beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. It's your boy Trev. Hey, Trev. And we are your Oscar Crouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Risty Podcast Thursday show, Thursaysy, where we take a look at the oeuvre of Oscar winner and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? We're watching The 50 Year Argument. It's a documentary that examines the New York review of books and their influence on modern history. <laughs> and is this everybody's first time seeing? Yes. Not only is it the, yes, yes for me. Not only is it my first time watching this, it's my first time even hearing the word New York review of books or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, we do not have a awards breakdown. This was an HBO documentary. I'm very very shocked that... it wasn't. It didn't win any. Well, yeah, I guess we'll get into that. But I am a little shocked that it didn't win anything. It seems like a documentary that would win something. Something, but it didn't. No nominations. Yeah, right. Marty's a co-director on this. Right. Yes, with uh, Dave Tedeschi, who was a. Uh, editor for uh living in the material world the george harrison documentary ah he's a material girl that's right so so 50 year argument i like this a lot yeah i like it i like it but i can i can easily see how people would say it's boring it's oh uh, it's dog shit boring it is (laughs) dog shit boring the the content is not stuff i i find boring but the presentation unfortunately the you know there's i admire allowing the the prime players and folks involved and i hate to sound ageist but they're just so many of them are slow and speak slow and and there's it's not nothing's cut or edited from some of their long takes of what they're saying and just like okay i i respect you and i respect your work but come on get to the point so yeah <laughs> Yeah, Zach's literally pretty much saying everything that I felt. I'm just going to skip ahead to, I won't give my ranking, but I'll give my review. Scorsese knows how to make the docs look really pretty. Unfortunately, that's all about this one has. This information is important, but it's hard to care when it's being told by the most boringest people on this planet. Oh my God, it's just a bunch of old white people babbling for 20 minutes dude and again these are important topics that probably should be talked about and are known it's the difference when you go to a class and you're trying to learn important work what's gonna make that information come through to you is it's dependent on the teacher and how the teacher goes about teaching dude this documentary is fucking boring as shit dude with with information that probably has real it looks like, you know, it's like, this is real shit that's going on and important topics, but my God, these, yeah, they really needed to get some other people in there to really spice up how to converse what's going on to, to people like me who don't know what about any of these things. The thing I like the most is you know, like the archival footage when they start talking about the the subject matter, and, and then you're like, okay, here's some stuff. Like the riot, like the well, not the protests, not riots, but like the protests and stuff, and they're showing real footage. Yeah, and then yeah. when you get the James Baldwin stuff, and when you get, you know, I one thing I learned a lot about is Norman Mailer, who I you know knew as a World War II 
storyteller and journalist and respected mm-hmm. his work. And then I'm like, God, this guy's an asshole. I didn't realize he's been like, <laughs> he's talking shit to these women. He's been married like seven or eight times or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> like, okay. Um, Paul, you said you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can never state enough how much I just love journalists doing journalist shit. Yeah. Listen yeah. to journalists talk about journalism. And now this is just really my take on Martin Scorsese as he continues to do documentaries. And we haven't seen, I think this is only the third one, right? Or no, fourth. Fourth one, right? Two being musicians. But either way, yeah. you know, I think my problem so far with Scorsese documentaries is it's always very pandering to the subject. There's no questioning of the subject on all these Martin Scorsese documentaries. It's just, Hey, I agree 100% with this. Let's just talk about it. And And I don't know. It's like, it'd be different if it was one documentary like that, but to me, it's every documentary is like that. It's, there's no real thought provokingness behind him doing the documentary because I don't feel like the guy that's doing the documentary is learning from a different perspective of anything. It's just like him and his buddies getting together to talk about something. You know what I'm what I'm saying even I think I I can get what you're saying largely with, you know, like the Dylan one. I think, you know, uh this one is I don't know if there's so much a subject matter. I don't know if there's a big like super criticism of the New York review of books that exists or something. This is more like just it's a retrospective of the history. So I, yeah, I, I can see where there's not a, there's no, well, there's no articles in there ever that anybody ever disagreed with. Like I, I, I find that hard to believe. So yeah, I get what you're saying. And that's, that's a problem I have with a lot of documentaries, especially like fluff piece documentaries that are done on artists that, that are part of the documentary. So, you know, you get like the Tina Turner documentary and, it's a good documentary, but it's like, man, she was just an immaculate human being, wasn't she? Right, but right, she's right, involved right. with she's a producer on it, so what's she gonna do? Just talk shit about herself? Right. Yeah. Uh and I get that. And I think at this time, especially and having just watched Spotlight, uh, yeah. the yeah. idea that print media is dying, this is more like an impassioned plea for people to care about print media. So the questioning doesn't bother me as much with this when I, I kind of know what's going into it. Yeah. And I get that. And I understand absolutely what you're saying as far as, you know, a passion plea, the, you know, the importance of print media, but I, I feel like, unfortunately, you know, (laughs) it, it's almost a uh, memorandum of print media with, you know, the old guard kind of going out and watching things. I mean, they're still producing and, and writing, but they're it's almost like time has gone with them and passed them by and it's moving on to something new now. I don't know. But in that way, it's kind of sad too. Well, it's kind of how it goes, you know, uh, the, the radios died off, you know, a lot. I mean, especially like from the fifties where that's how they told stories you know, they're mm-hmm. soap opera type of things. And then television came along and I don't, th- the problem with print media is that we're all 
run so hard every day, all day. There's not a lot of, you know, mm. in all those old movie, movies, dad came home and sat at the thing and took out his paper, you know, right at the seat. Right. Nobody has time to do that shit anymore. And that, you know, that's, so that's a whole separate ball of wax on a discussion on, you know, why book sales aren't as high as they once were. But yeah, yeah I just, and again, this documentary is not old, man. This is 2014. Like, yeah. it's not old. And I feel like it feels like an old documentary. Like, the style and how they chose to portray that information is very. I feel like this is something my teacher would put on when I was a kid and nobody in the class wanted to watch it. I feel like my favorite parts are I'm, I feel terrible. I'm trying to find his name. The, um, the black columnist who, you know, he covered, uh, James Baldwin James early Baldwin. on. Yeah and, yeah. and he felt kind of bad looking back. Like he was trying to make his name by going after James Baldwin later realizing how much he identified with him. And I think, I think he explicitly says that he's um, a, a gay man and, and like some of his stuff was very felt important, but it also almost felt kind of out of place from the rest of it. Like there's some disjointedness going on here, but those those moments were the most engaging to me with him reading his pieces and his reflections on and that kind of almost presented a criticism of the paper like you know here i am going after this literary giant because i think i i can get him and and that was almost like a gotcha journalism or something but right, right yeah i i like those vulnerable moments and this and this magazine's no longer in print let me see like what made them do this documentary if the magazine was still a, th- you know, it's, I I was just it's still assuming semi monthly. It's a semi monthly. Mm. What does that mean? Like every other month? Mm, that probably or would maybe bi monthly. Maybe like quarterly. Oh, yeah. yeah. This I mean, this was the fiftieth anniversary, so that's why it's called the fifty year argument. So it's looking back. Uh, on his- well, I know he yeah. said it in his speech. You know, twenty minutes into the thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's the name of the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> he said the thing. He said, he said it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, that's for, pretty much all I can say is that there's probably a lot of really thought-provoking situations that they're talking about in the real world that are happening. But just the people talking about it aren't anybody that's going to connect with, I think, a lot of people. Yeah, I got I. And I can get that. I guess I'm just an easy mark for this kind of thing. Right. I love I love journalism. I love listening to people talk about it. And yeah. here is a bunch of people talking about criticism and journalism. And that's just something I'm into. So yeah. I I I directed a play about the Titanic that was pretty much a bunch of firsthand accounts mm-hmm. being told by actors on a stage. And I was so enthralled directing it because it's a, a, a topic I'm very interested in and a topic that I like and yeah. listening to listening to actual like court testimonies and interviews with real people. It was almost a documentary, but as a play, then my friends came and saw it and they were all like, I mean, I think you did a good job directing, but it was like watching a documentary on stage and I'm not that interested in that Mm -hmm. and it never that never occurred to me while i was while the two months i was directing this play it never occurred to me that other people might not find that as interesting right well uh, 
probably your target audience would maybe not your friends so much maybe that's you know part of the problem yeah with that hopefully you know the target audience felt it, i would say uh if i knew more about the new york review of books and the the editor and you know the staff and the columnist i probably would have been more engaging like i think i could probably sit and listen to you know dan rather i you know, you know he has his shit that he went through and but he like i follow him on social media and he's just so thoughtful in his old age and i could mm-hmm. probably sit and listen to him talk for a long time and find it more engaging just because you know i know him and the history it, and respect him um but these people i just didn't know these people <laughs> these people <laughs> it's all so serious and i usually like serious you know that yeah <laughs> all right well any mm. other notes on this no that's it for me well let's get into our worsty judgment Where's this sitting on your <laughs> That was new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, like I said, I just, this just wasn't really appealing to me as a documentary itself, not necessarily the, the subject matter. So I gave, honestly, I gave this a three stars um, and I got it sitting at my 38 spot. Right above No Direction Home, so it's still not as boring as four-hour talk about Bob Dylan, but uh, right underneath the Italian-American, because if I had to choose between the Scorseses and these random old white people, I'm, I'm going to listen to the old Italians from you know, in New York than uh, these people. So, um, yeah, that's it. Three stars, 38. Same. How about you? I um I gave it three and a half because I do think there are portions of it that are very good and very engaging. Um and I don't know that I'd watch it again because I feel like there's probably better documentaries on uh each individual um historical thing that is covered in here. You know, like go watch uh I Am Not Your Negro or something and and some other things about Vietnam or or whatever else was covered in here. Um so I've got the three and a half stars. I've got it at number 35. Um, and here we are again. Second week in a row. We're just flip opposite. I was <laughs> engaged. I never found this boring. I was very interested in everything everybody had to say. I gave it four and a half stars. I have it sitting up at my number 23. There you go. Well, good. That means it hit its mark for you. I am a mark. A target audience. That is me. <laughs> all right well all right we're gonna call it there and uh zach what are we watching next week next week we are watching silence silencio Sidon. which you can uh rent on oh actually it's streaming on amazon and paramount plus that's good and rent it on philo sling tv google or youtube excellent Trav, where can people follow you on the socials media? I am on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm also on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. Mr. McCoy, where are they going to find the Zach attack at? <laughs> find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc or Letterboxd by searching my name. And Paul, Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms 
of Twitter and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films I watched. And this week I watched uh, Apple TV's new film, Luck. Oh, I oh that looked cute. That. Which was cute. Uh, it's, it's nothing, nothing great. Right. It gives mm-hmm. you all the same messages you've already heard from every other kid's movie, but it was cute. Yeah. And that goes a long way with me. Also, cool. Simon Pegg's in it, and he's great. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Trap. Yay. Thank you for producing our show. Anytime. Yeah. And uh, you can follow Trav on his on our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars Pod. On Facebook at the Oscars Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Algorithm. Reviews. Review some books. Review us, five stars. There you go. <laughs> so, four. Zach and the great Gore Vidal. Gore Vidal. I'd like for you all. Have a damn fun day. <laughs>